3: Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
5: Hello, welcome to the Joy Taylor Show. I'm Joy Taylor. I'm actually Ted Lasso today. I'm the I good, love it. I'm the good coach. I love it. I tried to, like, memorize some lines, and then I realized... That's not what I do, but it is Halloween. It is my high holiday. It is a it is a sacred weekend for me as a creative. Um, yeah, I'm super into Halloween, obviously. And as an adult, like that that kind of goes either way. like either you're like,' you're into it or you're just absolutely not. Um, and then there's me who isn't a maniac and has six costumes on the weekend um starting with thursday night football but thanks for hanging out with us today on the joy taylor show we're also joined by uh iowa sam who is dressed as wayne from wayne's world you got it pretty easy costume yeah i appreciate you guys participating in this today by the way i had the hat and i was like all right i'll just take a black t-shirt turned inside out i love it some pale jeans exactly it's perfect and ryan our producer ryan is dressed as a doctor correct
6: this is uh this is Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Oh, yes. there you go, perfect.
5: My... Oh my God, amazing, oh my God. <laughs> amazing. Okay, perfect. All right, so I was I, I, I was you know I was one for one. There we go. Um, well, thank you guys for for playing along with me. Um, yeah, I've been working on this costume for a couple weeks now, and it's pretty solid. I will I'll tweet out a picture with all the deets. I even got the the Jordans, the uh, varsity OG high top Jordan ones. Which were difficult to find, actually. Um, I got, wow. Yeah, they sent me fake ones.
6: Oh, gotta watch out for those knockoffs, those counterfeits.
5: Oh, it's nothing more frustrating. You get so excited when you get a new pair of sneakers. I'm a huge sneakerhead, so like, it's a moment when the sneakers arrive, and it's like, you know, it's adult Christmas. You just buy yourself something, and you know it's inside, but that's fine. You're gonna you're gonna open it anyway, and then you get to see them up close and personal. And there's nothing worse for a sneakerhead than opening this box and then just like immediate fakes. It's so cruel.
6: Did you buy these shoes off of like a, an advertisement that pops up on Instagram? Or
5: <laughs> no, no, yeah. I bought them. I bought them off of a resale site that I buy stuff from all the time. And it's like designer stuff, but like you have the option of sending it in to get verified first, or you can get it sent directly to you. Um, and I made the mistake of getting it sent directly to me. It was fine. They refunded me. No one cares about this, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. Um, it does happen though. And, and I knew as soon as I took them out of the box, because the label here on the top of the J's was a different color than the rest of the Jordans. Like my guy, I'm not going to notice that it's like five shades darker uh, amongst other things, but we got the real ones. And so we are fully dressed as Ted Lasso and I'm in a puffy jacket right now. And it is way too hot in LA for that. So this is coming off very soon, but I got to get the pictures first. Um, but thanks for hanging with us today. We'll talk to Tanya Ray Fox of the almost, almost shameless podcast. She is also, I I believe a big Patriots fan. Um, but she is, she is locked in on the NFL. And so we're going to talk with her, Andrew Hawkins, Hawk of NFL Network, former NFL wide receiver. Uh, he is everywhere. And uh, he's also on Prime Video with me on Thursday nights. He's on the NFL Next um, stream with Kimmy Chex, who we talked to last week. And Jasmine Watkins, NBA insider, host of the ULate podcast on Buzzer. We'll talk to her. to so get some NBA stuff in here as well. It's a really packed sports weekend. Uh, we're in the middle of the World Series, which is exciting. And NFL Week Eight, which started with an unbelievable game Thursday night, which is the best when you're when you're doing play by play. Having a game like that is so fun when you're you're literally engaged to the last second in what could happen. And what did happen was Aaron Rodgers got all the leverage he needs, and I am going to talk a lot about that today because man, those uh, those touchdowns to Randall Cobb. He is going to put those on the table when he starts negotiating or whatever conversation he has with the Packers front office this offseason after the uh, really interesting offseason they already had. And, of course, college football. It is a big weekend in college football. Michigan, Michigan State is playing right now. Uh, Michigan is up 23-14 at halftime. Miami up 31-17 over Pittsburgh. And, uh, Iowa, sorry, Iowa. Yeah,
6: this is, this is awful. I'm sorry. Anyway. sorry about that. Hey, good, good for your your hurricanes, though.
5: Yeah, I'm torn on this game. I'm always torn on this game because I grew up loving Pitt. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of course. Um, and Dan Marino. And, uh, but this is actually a game that I usually go to. Um, so if I wasn't here with you guys, I'd probably be in Pittsburgh at this game. Um, this is one. This is usually one of the ones I snag during the college football season. But uh, so, so either way, I think I'm cool with whoever wins this game. It would be a much bigger win for Miami, obviously. But uh, you know, Pitt's ranked. They're ranked 17th, and uh, I like that. They've been playing some really good football. Their quarterback is you know, in the conversation to uh, to go pretty high in the draft. He's raising his stock. So, uh, so yeah. So that's a, that's a really interesting game. And Georgia Florida plays later. And if Florida's not ranked, but that's still. Or an exciting game, and of course, Penn State, Ohio State. Lavar did not seem really high on his Nittany Lions right now, and I think James Franklin is going to be out of there next year, and he is going to be joining us on the West Side at USC. He is—he's uh, being talked about a lot in that conversation, and uh, Mike Tomlin did not appreciate being talked about in the USC, <laughs> in the USC conversation, which was my favorite soundbite of the week. Um, I'm sure you've heard it by now, but Mike, uh, Mike, I, didn't call, I can't even call him Mike. It's like Coach Tomlin. You got to call him Coach Tomlin. You can't call him Mike. You got to, you got to know Mike Tomlin to call him Mike. I don't even know people that know Mike Tomlin call him Mike. But Coach Tomlin was not happy with that. Um, so yes, yeah, so we have a lot to get to today, and uh, I'm I'm really excited for this upcoming week. There are a lot of games that have huge ramifications. Um, big divisional matchups that uh, will decide some playoffs some playoff futures um, in the NFL and as I mentioned I'm going to break down this Aaron Rodgers situation because that Thursday night game was big for him but let's get to it let's get to it Wayne shall we do it should we do our favorite five Five. now we've got five
7: NFL games for you you it's your favorite five
5: All right. Titans at the Colts. This is a big game. This is about as big as it gets at this point in the season, especially for that division. Huge, huge ramifications. Obviously, the Titans won earlier in the year, so the Colts have to win this game. They are favored by three. They're playing better. Carson Wentz is getting back on the rails you know, it's always a little wild with him, but he has been playing better as of late. But the Colts have to win this game, and the Texans would love to get this and put a very, very cushiony lead in that division. I actually think I'm leaning towards the Titans. I don't have the guts to put some dollars on it, but this is going to be one that we're all going to have to pay attention to because it's going to have huge, huge playoff implications. Steelers at the Browns. Now, this is complicated. I'm very conflicted on this game. Baker's going to play, but he's obviously injured. The Browns have a ton of injuries that they've been dealing with. The Steelers' offense is abysmal outside of Najee Harris, and obviously they have weapons, but they can't get anything going. And the Browns really need this one. Like, the Steelers would like to, to, to say that they're like a playoff team, but they're not. And they would love to ruin the Browns' playoff chances. But this is a huge divisional matchup. If Baker was healthy, I would take the Browns easily. I know a lot of people still are. I believe Colin had this in his Blazing Five yesterday on The Herd. You can watch this on The Herd weekdays, noon to 3 on FS1. And here on Fox Sports Radio. But... It's a divisional matchup that always gets chippy. Uh, it's the AFC North. You really never know. We saw the Bengals blow out the Ravens at home. So that's a big one. Steelers at Browns. Niners at the Bears. All right, I know what you're thinking. The Bears' joys are terrible. Justin Fields gets sacked like 15 times a game. The Niners, they can't get their quarterback situation right. They're probably not a playoff team. Why is this game interesting? Well, two reasons. One, if the if the Bears don't do something soon – Matt Nagy is probably going to be out of a job. Now, is that fair? Probably not. And I don't think that he's necessarily the problem there. But they've got to get something going offensively with Justin Fields. And the Niners are really in it right now. We'll talk about this later in the show. But uh, there's starting to be a little conversation about what Kyle Shanahan is doing with the Niners and that quarterback situation. By the way, right again... What do you know? And it always comes back to the same thing, the same thing every single time, a rookie quarterback, and how do you handle the start of their career? We have several teams who are in it right now. We have the Packers, a situation with Jordan Love, obviously the Bears and Justin Fields, Tua, and now the Niners. And what does it come down to every single time? Everyone wants to do this trickery. Oh, it worked with Patrick Mahomes. We can do it too. No, you can't. That's Patrick Mahomes. You had Alex Smith, Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Nonsense. Eric Bieniemy. you're not them. Stop trying to duplicate things when you don't have all the pieces. I say it all the time, and I am always right. I will forever be right on this, and I will never stop banging this drum because I have never been wrong. So that's why the Niners-Bears is interesting. Cowboys-Vikings. Okay, so obviously Dak is dealing with an injury, and if he doesn't play... Even if he does play, I do think he's going to be limited, and I'm actually very scared that they're going to put him out there, and it's, it's not going to be a good situation for him. Um, I want him healthy for the whole season. This Cowboys team is very exciting, but it's, it's Kirk Cousins in primetime. You, you know what Kirk Cousins does in primetime. So even if the Cowboys are limited, that guy knows how to lose in primetime while being paid a lot of money to do it. So this is a very interesting game coming off of a bye for the Cowboys – I'm locked in on that. And then Chiefs-Giants is huge. Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, really struggling this year, which we'll talk about later as well. Can't get it together in Kansas City. It is in Kansas City. The Giants don't really get blown out like that. So I know it's on the road. The Giants aren't a good team. They're dealing with injuries as well. But the Chiefs really need a convincing win, not just blowing out an inferior opponent. They need to look good for four quarters. They really need to put it together this is a big weekend for the Chiefs. So those are my favorite five. Let's get to my two dimes.
2: Here's your drop of the dime piece. Two dimes.
5: All right. So I'm all in on the Bengals now. I was a little afraid a couple weeks ago. I needed to see more. And I was I was right on that Ravens pick last week. Bengals, Bengals to cover, six and a half. They did more than that. But my two dimes this week are starting with the Bengals. Bengals, minus eleven over the Jets. Normally you would never take a line that big, but in the NFL, these days, if you don't have a quarterback and you don't have it together, it's it's very it's a very easy cover. Bengals are playing great football right now. I don't care that they're on the road. They just crushed the Ravens on the road, so that's not a big deal. And it's the New York Jets. So that that's an easy one for me. And then the Bucks, four and a half. I understand it is a divisional matchup. They are at New Orleans. That's a Super a tough place to play but it's Tom Brady and I'm mis- I think they're gonna cover four and a half I don't know that it's going to be a major blowout but I do think they win by a touchdown and so I'm gonna take the bucks minus or yeah the bucks minus four and a half so those are my two dimes there are some huge lines this week obviously the Bengals being one of them I like the Bills minus 14 over the Dolphins um I'm so out on the Dolphins uh, I think that's pretty obvious at this point. They're a disaster. But uh Buffalo is a Super Bowl contender. You would normally, again, never take a two touchdown favorite, but I don't think the Dolphins have anything for the Bills. And then the Rams, Texans is like, I mean, I actually think the Texans could cover, but I'm staying away from that one because who knows? Like, th- when it gets to be that big and it's like a weird team like the Texans who might just like pull some pride out or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to stay away from that one. Um, But yeah, so some big divisional matchups, Colts, Titans, Browns, Steelers, Bucks, Saints, and a lot of interesting, fun games coming up for week eight in the NFL. We'll talk to Tanya Ray Fox, get her thoughts on the NFL weekend coming up next. That was a big Thursday night win for Aaron Rodgers. Not even his most spectacular statistical performance, but leverage wise and around the NFL, That was a huge win, and we'll talk about that next on The Joy Taylor Show.
2: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
5: how can you not enjoy Halloween? Yeah. I actually, I, you know, I, I have, a, I don't know where you guys do all of your philosophical thinking, but I do it in the shower and, or when I, in the car after a long day of work. Um, that's when I get my best thoughts in. And, uh, I was thinking this morning, why do I love Halloween so much? You're listening to the joy Taylor show on Fox sports radio. Uh, why do I love Halloween so much? And my, my father was a religious zealot. um, And that's important because I never went trick or treating as a child because he didn't he thought it was like the devil's holiday. So we would go to church instead and do like a a harvest party. And so you would like still kind of get candy, but like obviously all the other kids uh, are enjoying, you know, this fun holiday and uh, we're, we're at church like doing church things. Um, so I might have overcorrected as an adult, but listen, that's what you do when you force extremes on your children. Uh, they, they internalize it and then turn into weirdos as an adult, suggest as Ted Lasso while they're doing a radio show. So that's how, that's how it goes. I I
6: think this is a healthy outcome.
5: Uh, there could be worse. There could be worse outcomes to that kind of, uh, and listen, if you're religious and you don't believe in Halloween, that's totally fine. Um, I'm just saying your child might grow up to be like me and, uh.
6: You could have carried on the tradition of repenting on Halloween instead of enjoying Repenting, it. yeah. Yeah.
5: No, uh, I do all my repenting to uh, privately. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how I go. I even have the mug. There you go. Love it. Authentic. Um, listen, uh, you can't do anything halfway. I don't believe in that. You got to go all in. It's the only way to do things in life. Uh, you are what you habitually do. So, that being said... Let's talk Aaron Rodgers in that Thursday night football game. So, other than it being an incredible watch, uh, and you should check out Scouts Feed on uh, on Prime Video. Myself, Bucky Brooks, and Daniel Jeremiah. You can change on your audio settings or watch on twitch.tv slash Move the Sticks on Thursday night, and we have a great time. Um, down to the last second, and that that ending of that game was unbelievable. I don't know what was going on with AJ Green, um, and I'm very concerned about Kyler Murray. The way that he left that game, uh, limping, you don't, want, you don't want to see Kyler Murray go down this year. Uh, obviously, they're you know not panicking yet, but it is something. But Aaron Rodgers winning that game was a really big deal. He didn't have a great game statistically, so it, it, it's not like he was just otherworldly performance that we're going to be talking about decades from now. But it was a very important win because, uh, first of all, the spread was ridiculous, which I, which I said multiple times leading up to the game. It's really disrespectful. There's almost a touchdown. It's Aaron Rodgers. I understand Devontae Adams not in there, but they're 6-0, now 7-0 without Devontae Adams, which doesn't mean that Devontae Adams isn't extremely valuable. It just means they can win a game without their number one receiver because they have other weapons, and they have who? Aaron Rodgers. I kind of have an Aaron rodgers look going on right now also. You we'll could probably swap this out for a jersey and a cheesehead and very like, easily slide into that. Um, but they won. They connected with Cobb which was very important because he pushed for him. That was the guy he wanted. Everyone mocked. Everyone laughed. Everyone said it was nonsense. Aaron Rodgers, he's not a JGM. Who does he think he is? LeBron? Well, well, they were six and a half point dogs. Everyone said, wrote them off. There's no chance it's going to be a blowout. And listen, it's it, Arizona had every opportunity to win that game, including the last second. And Green Bay gave it to them. Like, not great in the red zone. You needed more touchdowns. You don't want to settle for for field goals. That ridiculous sequence of three passes. Uh, They had some gifts that they didn't take advantage of. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you don't have a little asterisk next to it that said, well, they didn't do well in this place. No. They won. They beat the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Thank you, by the way. Because, uh, man, listen, that's all the Dolphins have left is that 72 season. So we got to keep that intact. Beat the undefeated Cardinals, who are a great team. And that was a statement win for Aaron Rodgers and for quarterbacks in the league who are of that caliber. Because when you're watching that game and you're without Devontae Adams, you're without your biggest weapon, arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Do you think you can do that with Jordan Love? Do you think you can do that with an average quarterback? And this is no knock on Jordan Love. We don't know what Jordan Love is. But that happened because you had that dude. And the offensive line was great, and the running game was great. But at the end of the day, you felt good about it because Aaron Rodgers was on the field. And that's important. And that's, again, why I went back, go all the way back to the beginning of this, this this drama with Aaron Rodgers. And everyone wants to know why he's so difficult. And everyone wants to know why he can't just get in line. And why he wants more say superstars are given that. And there's a reason for it. Not because they're great coordinators, not because they're great GMs, not because you even really want to give it to them. It doesn't matter when you're one of like four people on a planet earth who can do something you get afforded other privileges. That's how it works. I know life's not fair and we all want to be able to do whatever we want and, you know, we want to we want the same privileges that other people have and it's like, okay, that's not how this works. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Like, there's a very short list. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. There's a very short list of men on planet Earth, walking, breathing air on this here Earth that can do what Aaron Rodgers does. And the Packers getting that win and giving Matt LaFleur his 33rd win as the Packers head coach, making his record through 40 games, 33-7, and which is now the best winning percentage to a head coach through his first 30 games, 40 games, So he passed Don Shula, pretty big deal. You don't do that without Aaron Rodgers. So for all this talk about how the Packers, like they have a right to move on and they have a right to to draft his replacement and they have a right to, you know, prepare for the future. Okay, okay, let's look around the league at, at the teams who don't have their quarterback. The gap between the have and have nots is getting wide pretty quickly. So you can get saucy with Aaron if you want to, but he's playing it the right way. And you can get mad about off the, se- the offseason all you want to. But they're a great team. And, and he is now, he's now kind of morphed into this, like, I don't even know how to explain it. First of all, I think the look, he said it was for a Halloween costume. So I'm really interested to see what's going on on Sunday in the Rogers household. Because he's really, like, he's either going for this whole rugged thing, uh, like, it's us against the world. Last dance, like going all in on that, or it's really for Halloween costume. I don't know. Aaron's like that. Maybe he's just messing with all of us, but he is he's now like a not that he ever wasn't a a full team guy, but he's kind of he's so smart. He's doing this like gritty thing and kind of like like band of brothers thing. And you, if you pay attention to what Aaron says, because he is smart and he's very strategic. He, he's separating himself from the front office in a lot of ways and branding himself as, like, the Packers. And I love it, and he should. And uh, this was him after the game talking about that win.
8: We're a, a gritty team. Diversity has hit us many times in the fourth quarter, and we've responded really well. A few times on offense and, and uh, a couple times on defense as well.
5: He's uh he's all in, and uh, and I love it. He's a very strategic guy. I love Aaron Rodgers drama. I am here for it and I am sweating in this puffy jacket. So I'm doing this for the internet because it is so, so hot. It is not, it is not cold enough to have a, a whole winter jacket on. Um, this is, this is not where, where does, where does uh Ted Lasso play? I, I'm a I'm, uh, 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 Richmond. This is not, this is not AFC Richmond. This is, this is Southern California. And I am sweating. It's
6: cold in that studio,
5: though. Uh, it's not cold. Well, no. Lavar well. was Lavar was in here in a T-shirt with his arms <laughs> inside of his T-shirt. But uh, I've been running hot lately, so i have got to take this off. But thanks for hanging with us today on Fox Sports Radio for the Joy Taylor Show. We'll talk to Tanya Ray Fox. Get some thoughts on uh, the Thursday night game and uh, the week coming up in the NFL. And I want to ask her about Mac Jones and the pa- Mac Jones and the Patriots' the big game against the Chargers this weekend here in LA, a very interesting one. But let's check in with David Gascon for What's Trending.
8: Joy, uh, number two, Cincinnati right now has a nine-point lead over Tulane, who's 1-6 and six on the year. It's 21-12 starting the fourth quarter in that ball game. Cincinnati ranks second in the nation at a perfect 7-0 on the year. Speaking of 7-0, Michigan's trying to go to 8-0. and Back to throw. McNamara looks, throws. He's got his man, Anthony. He's at the 30. He's got speed. He can go the distance. Andrew Anthony, East Lansing native, is at the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Michigan! 92-yard strike to the freshman, Andrell Anthony. Talk about... Coming home, Andrew L. Anthony. Welcome home, and welcome to the house. Yeah, Anthony's got four grabs for 136, two touchdowns. McNamara, 284 through the air, just threw another touchdown pass as well. Michigan is clobbering Michigan State, 30 to 14. This ball game is midway through the uh, third quarter. Speaking of clobbering, Wisconsin's hammering Iowa, 20 to seven's the score. Hawkeyes have. 74 total yards through three quarters of play definitely not the ninth ranked team in the nation Texas 2117 over Bailey right now that's in the end of three quarters of play Kenny Pickett's gotten on his horse Pitt was down 3114 14 31-17 excuse me to Pitt And Miami had that advantage in the third quarter. Picket went off. Two touchdown passes in that quarter. And right now it's 31-31. Pitt and Miami locked up in the third quarter. West Virginia just locked things up with Iowa State seven apiece. Georgia and Florida. That'll kick off in about 60 minutes from now. Joy, back to you.
5: Thank you. That's David Gascon for the update. Let's check in with Tanya Ray-Fox. She works for FS1 and also hosts the Almost. Almost Shameless podcast. Um, So you can check her out there and follow her on social media at Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today on this beautiful Halloween weekend?
4: Oh, we're doing great. Unfortunately, uh, Joy, I am not as prepared for Halloween as you are. I have no costumes this year, no plans. I'm totally dropping the ball. So I'm living vicariously through you and all your uh, ama- amazing weekend costumes—I know you always bring it every year. Uh, so I'm living vicariously through you.
5: Well, thank you. I—I I was robbed of Halloween last year, as we all were. Um, well, at least in Southern California, not—not not all over the country. But I—I um, <laughs> I am so prepared for Halloween. My—I uh, had a f- girlfriend in town last night, and she was like, "Oh, I want to come out, but I don't have any costumes." I was like, "Say less. What do you want?" I have, like, sexy costumes. I have chill costumes. I have a full Santa Claus outfit. What do you want to be? Like, just come over. It's like going to the Halloween store. It's ridiculous. I keep all of them. Um, And it comes in very handy. So she was able to come out with us last night and dress up. Um, And I'm dressed as Ted Lasso today, and I'm sweating because I have the the blue puffy jacket on. And I'm in a full sweat in the studio, so it's got to come off. Um, But I was just talking about Aaron Rodgers and that win over the Cardinals, on Thursday night, and I think it was a huge leverage win for him because if you don't have that dude anymore in the NFL, you live a very frustrating life.
4: I think, I mean, listen, are you talking about Aaron Rodgers or Kyla Murray?
5: Aaron Rodgers.
4: Oh, yeah, listen, I, I've talked a lot about this the last couple of days, and the thing is, I, I always end up sounding like an Aaron Rodgers hater, so I want to make it clear. Aaron Rodgers is an all-time football player. Like at any position, he's an all-time football player. Watch it. The fact that we get to watch him play, he has not, I mean, if anything, the fact that he's the reigning MVP at his age would normally be more impressive to us if we didn't have Tom Brady in the league, right? Like we don't talk enough about how well he's playing for how long he's been doing it. Um the biggest problem with the Aaron Rodgers narrative isn't even Aaron Rodgers' fault. You know, the the fact of the matter is, every time he has a statement win, we get down to this conversation of, like, holy, is he the GOAT? Is he the GOAT? This was GOAT performance. Have we ever seen anybody do this? And the I, it's just a disservice. It's a disservice to Aaron Rodgers himself and what he does and the type of teammates he attracts and, and the team that they've built on the Packers to get to this point to just water the conversation down to, maybe Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady sometimes. And it's just like that's not – that's doing a disservice to what he does and what he's doing himself to compare him to somebody who he he just hasn't – he's just not on that level. But he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and watching him do what he did – I heard you talking about it – watching him do what he did in that game with no none of his top three pass catchers and just keeping his team in it long enough for them to get that play – that last minute play—that's what great quarterbacks do—and it was awesome to see.
5: Yeah, I mean, I don't—I'm not entertaining the Aaron Rodgers is the goat conversation. Like, the goat conversation is over, and there's no point in having it. It's not a—it's not a, a fruitful discussion at this point. Like, Tom Brady has separated himself not just from uh, NFL quarterbacks, but from any player who has ever played the game. Uh, now, like, just, there, there's just there's a Tom Brady, and then there's the conversation about everyone else. So that being said. Who is the best team in the NFC right now to you? Complete quarterback, like every aspect of the, uh, of the game.
4: Uh, prior to Thursday night, it was so easy for me to say the Cardinals, not just because um, of their record, but because they were genuinely rolling on offense and defense. And my one question is always going to be with Cliff Kingsbury. And so I think I saw a little bit of where those issues lie with Cliff on Thursday night and their issues with uh, depth once there started to be injuries and things like that. Um, uh, There was a few questionable calls. I I wish they had had more timeouts at the end of the game, little things. Um, So it always swings me back to the Rams. I just think the Rams uh, because of the division they're in and they had that loss to the Cardinals, we have, there's been that tiny little tick backward for everybody and I know the Bucks are looming. I know the Cowboys are looming. I get it. Uh, I just look at the Rams as the, the team that McVay has always wanted since he started coaching. And if Sean McVay could take the Rams team with Jared Goff to a Super Bowl, this team is definitely his best team that he's had. This quarterback is by far, I mean, just miles ahead of where he was at with Jared Goff. So, uh, you know, as hard as it is to repeat knowing that, I I, I dock the Bucs a little bit just for that, not because I don't think Tom, Tom Brady can get it done, but their defense has shown regression from last season. And I've said this on other places. I'll tell you, Joy. I'll believe the Cowboys. Win a playoff game
5: when I see it. <laughs> no, I'm I picked the Cowboys to win the division too, but I'm I'm but I'm with you on that, and I love Dak Prescott, but I I got to I got to see it too. I've been fooled too. I've watched that movie too many times. We're talking to Tanya Ray Fox on the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. So let's talk a little bit about Mac Jones. Um, I wasn't super high on Mac in the draft. I I did think he went to the best situation out of all these rookie quarterbacks, and he's done what's been asked of him and, and the last few weeks. He's he's really shown some stuff. So what's your opinion of Mac Jones, and, and what do you think is going to happen in this Patriots-Chargers game Sunday?
4: Well, I have to own the fact that I also wasn't high on Mac Jones. Uh, I was a big Cam Newton person. I really wanted the Patriots to go into the season with a, a veteran quarterback. They had sort of overhauled some of the positions on that offense, finally had tight ends. We know how well Cam Newton does with tight ends. And they finally had a deep threat potentially with Nelson Aguilar. And so I really was disappointed um, when, they had to, when they decided to go with a rookie quarterback because I thought that that team, uh, as it was constituted, was capable of making a real playoff run if they had that veteran leadership and a little bit more experience behind center. Having said that, Uh, Mac Jones is definitely, he's definitely outperformed expectations in terms of his ability to play NFL football in a totally different style than really what he played in Alabama. Um, this is not like he's, he, his arm isn't great. He can't really throw the ball super accurately deep. It's a lot of those short passes, a lot of finally figuring out how to rely on the run game. But he's, he's historically accurate for a rookie, and that is impressive in and of its own. And this is, I mean, there's adversity. They're having issues on the offensive line. They lose James White, who's a real uh, a mainstay on that offense and someone that was always a safety blanket, no matter who was playing quarterback. So I'm, I am impressed with what he's been able to do as a rookie. And I always have, I feel bad making that caveat Because I don't want it to sound like I'm taking away from what he's doing. He's absolutely had the best showing of the rookies this season. But, like, let I mean, Joy, there's a ceiling there that's hard to ignore, which is you look around the league and you look at the, the, not just the athleticism, but just the overall skill set of some of the young guys in the league, how strong their arms are and their ability to scramble and make plays and run, you know, and run the RPOs and kind of all of the different things that they can do because they have that either size athleticism or both. The Justin Herberts, the Lamar Jacksons, Josh Allens, all these guys who've come along really quickly. And it's hard to see a pure pocket passer like Max, who's a little undersized, hit the same ceiling. So it really comes down to system. And and I'm not sold on Josh McDaniels. So I just think it's like there's no reason to, to write him off. There's no, he, has, he has earned the respect that he's gotten. Um, but we've got to see a little bit more than just accuracy on 10 and 12-yard passes.
5: So it sounds like you think the Chargers are going to win this game this weekend. Well,
4: here's the thing. <laughs> I, the, I, just, just to make a little note of this, the Chargers' defense is really designed to defend against explosive passing offenses. and
5: Yeah, their run defense isn't great.
4: Not great at all. Davian Harris is coming along really good. And, uh, and, and they allow big explosive runs. What they do is they, they use those two high safeties and they drop back into that coverage so that they want to stop any big plays. They dare you to make a big play. They dare you to throw at at Derwin, and, and all, they are definitely designed to stop explosive offenses. Luckily for the Patriots, they are the opposite of that. They are a methodical, little short passes, passes to the running back, get the run game going. Very conservative offense, and they're, So they're not worried about they're not worried about having to to lose the explosive plays. They don't have them to begin with. So I think that's a little, a little, uh, just almost a little bit of luck. You know how it is in NFL; matchups can be tough for specific teams. And I know, I know, Brandon Staley wants to get this win over Bill Belichick. I know Brandon Staley looks at Bill Belichick and says, "I see what you do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna," because he, I mean, he really does look to him and use a lot of the concepts that he uses with disguises and disguising coverages and, and 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 all the things that Belichick sort of reinvigorated in the late 2000s is something Brandon Saley's adopting for new offenses. So I, I actually think this is going to be a fun game. It's hard. It's going to be hard to go toe to toe with Justin Herbert, but there is that little, that, that little caveat, which is that the Chargers offense may not be fully suited to stop, uh, to stop the, the Patriots offense if they can keep their, the ball in their hands and just methodically slowly, perhaps excruciatingly go down the field.
5: <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. This weekend has a, a lot of fun matchups. This is Tanya Ray Fox, uh, the Almost Shameless podcast, so make sure you go and subscribe to that and follow her on social media at Tanya Ray Fox. Thanks for joining us this weekend. I will do Halloween up in your honor.
4: I appreciate that, Joy. Thanks for having
5: <laughs> me. Uh, you listen to the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you to Tanya Ray Fox. When we come back, we got to talk about Mahomes and the Chiefs and how big this game is for them on Monday nights. We'll discuss that on the other side. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of
2: piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
7: Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He
0: is.
5: I like this. We're doing all spooky music today. Oh my god! I've I've never seen Beetlejuice. What? I won't watch it. Why? Uh, we're having a lot of childhood confessions today on the Joy Taylor show. I had a terrifying nightmare when I was a child that I woke up and went downstairs and my mom was Beetlejuice, and I've never recovered.
6: Your mom is Michael Keaton.
5: Yeah, like my mom looked like Beetlejuice, great actor, and uh. I don't. I don't even like seeing the costumes. Like it is a
6: creepy movie. I mean, there's some some ghoulish parts of it.
5: Yeah, I, I've never seen it because I just saw like a clip of it or something. Whatever. I have clips when I was a kid, but like I saw some of it, and then that's how I got the image. Obviously, and then I had the nightmare, and I've never been the same since. So like a li- a little girl was dressed as Beetlejuice, like a like a teenager at the park the other day, and I was like. Eh.
6: Well, if it's going to traumatize you, then don't watch it.
5: It's all right. I didn't even know that it was from Beetlejuice because I hadn't seen the movie. So there you go. Happy Halloween weekends. Hope you guys are enjoying it with your uh, children, which is which is what's like it's for, obviously. But um, uh, it's been a crazy day in uh, college football. Baylor just went up 31-21 on Texas, and we will get you uh, the full updates at the top of the hour. Miami is up 38-34 on Pittsburgh with a thirteen thirty left there. Uh, thank you to Tanya Ray Fox for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to Andrew Hawkins at the top of the hour, get some more thoughts on Week 8 in the NFL, which has some very, very important matchups coming up. And as I teased before the break... Patrick Mahomes has really really been struggling as of late. He had his one of the worst games of his career last week in the 27-3 loss to the Titans. He took responsibility for it and Andy Reid talked about it as well that he's he's not somebody who's going to pass pass the buck. He's going to take responsibility for the struggles that he's been having. And overall they've been I mean struggling as a team. The defense has been terrible allowing 29 points per game which is tied with the texans you never want to be tied with anything with the texans uh for fifth most in the league uh they're also allowing 404.6 yards per game which is fifth most in the league but uh, mahomes he's been bad the past couple weeks he had the last three games he had 16.5 62.5 completion percentage 875 yards four touchdowns and five interceptions two fumbles lost he leads the NFL with nine interceptions, which is tied with Zach Wilson. He's had an interception in six straight games, which is the longest of his career. And it's, it's been a rough stretch for him. And it, it, this was kind of the the scout on him coming out of college that he's, when he presses, he's going to turn the ball over. And it does seem like he is trying to do too much. And look, everyone's talking about it's over and the dynasty's over. First of all, it wasn't a dynasty. It's not like it's not over because it, we don't know if it's over. Like Patrick Holmes is not out of the league. Andy Reid is still coaching there. The dynasty is allowed to have a down year. The Patriots didn't win a Super Bowl every single year for twenty years. They had they had some down years as well. Uh, I do think that they will bounce back, and I think that this weekend's game on Monday night against the Giants is going to be really big for them. The Giants are. Fully capable of covering that spread. And and, I mean, I I don't know that I'm going to call for an upset in Kansas City. But it's Chiefs by nine, according to Fox Bet. And uh, I think the Chiefs will win and will cover. But this is a game where they need to look good for four quarters. They really need a good performance. Mahomes needs to go out there and not turn the ball over to that defense that is struggling. And that's really the issue, is that if you're turning the ball over, every interception, every fumble is not made equal. And when your defense is struggling, you can't be turning it over. So big game for them this weekend. We will talk to Andrew Hawkins, former NFL wide receiver and uh, NFL Network and Prime Video next on the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio on Halloween weekend.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Welcome to the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. Huge, huge college football weekend. Week eight in the NFL. Big, big, big divisional matchups. I am, I'm half dressed as Ted Lasso right now. I'm, I'm Ted when he's putting in work. Got the uh, the sleeves rolled up. Actually, I look like, uh, I look like I'm dressed right now as a politician that is uh, trying to prove... He's a working man. You know. Spot on, yeah. Yeah. Looks like someone who really rolls their sleeves up and gets to work. I'm going to work for you, America.
6: It's like a politician when they're trying to look casual, you know. Yeah. But they're still like Yeah, they've got
5: they've got their button down, right? They're very expensive like fitted button down. Um and and their their pants, right? It's always just pants. Some nondescript pants and uh yeah, they want to like they're, they're going to like grab a shovel right <laughs> for
6: a photo op yeah
5: <laughs> that's what I look like right now but I'm dressed as Ted Lasso I just had to take the puffy jacket off because I'm sweating uh do we have Hawk we don't okay all right we're waiting to see if uh we can connect with Andrew Hawkins former NFL wide receiver of NFL Network and uh talk about some of the upcoming NFL games this weekend uh big 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 time matchups Miami is up 38-34 on Pitt right now uh, around college football. If you're enjoying some college football action right now, Michigan up 30-22, as David Gascon just gave us in the updates uh, with uh, the beginning of the fourth quarter. So that one's a tight one. Not so tight in uh, Wisconsin, Iowa Sam. Sorry no, about that. No,
6: God,
7: please, no!
5: <laughs> yeah, this uh,
6: seems to happen the last couple of years. Uh, maybe they should look at uh, their offensive coordinator, but that's another topic um, that no one cares about.
5: Yeah, you know, I was looking at some of the lines last night. And, uh, I just, I just thought about it. I didn't, I didn't make any moves, but I was going to take, I'm sorry. I was going to take Wisconsin there, but
6: I would have taken, I took Wisconsin myself. Would have been a,
5: a good move. Um, all right. Well, we'll see if we can, uh, we, if we hear from Hawk, we'll, we'll, we'll get in touch with him. But, uh, if not, we will also talk to Jasmine Watkins later in the show and, uh, talk some NBA. It's a, it's a busy sports weekend. Obviously we are, we're also in the middle of the world series. And, uh, that's, it's, it's, you know, I, I feel bad for the, I don't actually, I don't feel bad at all for the Astros. It just, it's just annoying that we can't have a like straightforward conversation because of what happened. And, uh, look, look, they're a great team. That's why they're there, but it's just gonna, just gonna always linger over it. Uh, Atlanta won last night to nothing. And, uh, game four is today with Atlanta leading the series 2-1 to over the Astros. That is at uh, 5 o'clock tonight um, on Fox. So make sure you check that out and enjoy some of the college football games that are coming up later. Uh, Georgia-Florida. You have Penn State-Ohio State later today, which will be a good one. Um. So some good good matchups in college football coming up this weekend as well, and uh, I talked a little bit about it uh, last hour listening to the Joy Taylor show on Fox Sports Radio. But what's happening with the Forty ers is kind of interesting, and 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 it's sort of starting to derail, which is why I why I have the 49 to and Bears game this weekend in my favorite five because there's a lot of implications from that game with Kyle Shanahan and their quarterback situation. So obviously they took Trey Lance and he is supposed to be the quarterback of the future there, but he's been injured. So Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured first. Trey Lance comes in. Now they go back to Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo has been struggling. And, you know, Steve Young talked about it this weekend and he said that he thinks the problem is that there is a lack of a clear answer about that position right now. And it's starting to cause some panic in the locker room. And he said, he said, I feel our locker room is not great. I'm worried that it's fraught with terror. That is not how you want to describe a locker room. Uh, do we have that? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's hear from Steve Young, who, who really is pushing the panic button, rightfully so on the 49ers.
1: Maybe it's just me, but I can watch and feel the resiliency mm-hmm. and I can feel our locker room is not great. And I'm worried. And it's fraught with terror because now six weeks in, Trey is still, I mean, he would be playing if he was ready to play because we already went, it's too late. To, we're in, we're in. It's because he's not ready. And now Jimmy, about two weeks ago when he hurt his calf, I watched him and I just, I felt when he announced that he was going to be out a couple of weeks that, that things had changed. So now here we are. Now we set the stage. Where do you go? Well, it's too late to turn back.
5: Yeah, fraught with terror is not how you want to describe your locker room. And it's it's getting really interesting for the 49ers because in 5 seasons under Kyle Shanahan, they are 31 and 39. And if you had a coach who wasn't named Kyle Shanahan, there might be a little more, few more questions about how it's really going. He, they're 7 and 28 without Jimmy G in the Kyle Shanahan era. So, I I I think it's a really important game for them this weekend. Let's go out to Andrew Hawkins. Hawk former NFL wide receiver with the NFL Network and Prime Video NFL Next Live my colleague at Prime Video Hi Hawk what do you uh what do you think about what's going on with the 49ers right now the quarterback position
2: Man that's a good good question um I feel like I mean we all know it's kind of this transition period but you but you talked about it right it's like so many coaches you they they get into their jobs and it becomes this kind of gymnastics game of do i make it look like I'm building for the future or are we trying to win now knowing Kyle Shanahan he's always a win now coach that's what he's always been that's who he is so he's he's not a you know hey let me show you what we could, what we have for the future so that you know I buy a little bit more time but that's that's a big risk and reward because if you're trying to win now and you don't right then it becomes the the old hey it's it's not about what you're going to do it's it's about Here's your body of work, and, you know, where do we go from here?
5: Okay, so there's an interesting point you brought up there, which is do we win now or do we develop for the future? Now, you, you we haven't had this conversation, so you probably don't know this, but I'm a maniac about rookie quarterbacks starting right away. Like, I... Uh. Am crazy about it because I. Everyone always defaults to. Well, Aaron Rodgers didn't start right away. Well, yeah, you had Brett Favre. Okay, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes didn't start right away. Okay, well, Patrick Mahomes would probably get in the Hall of Fame if he retired in the next three years with the resume that he already has. Like, if he Uh, if he gets off, you know, whatever's happening right now. uh -uh. Uh, Like, every situation is not the same, and if you take a rookie quarterback, you have a certain amount of time. First of all, that you can develop him. Pay him a rookie contract and put big free agents and veterans around him and pay them because you're not paying the quarterback position. Yeah. Also, you have a certain amount of time of grace where you don't have to win now because you've taken a rookie quarterback, and the expectations, realistically, from the front office should be all right, we're not going to be contending for a Super Bowl in the next two years. But we have our guy for the future and we're going to put some pieces around him and we're going to go all in so that when we hopefully in year three or four, we're in that space. They do that and then we can pay him and we'll figure out the rest moving forward because we have our guy. But time and time again, we're seeing all around the league teams aren't doing that. 49ers, the Bears, Tua, the Miami Dolphins. There's example after example of them taking rookie quarterbacks and not developing them. And I think there is something to the locker room as well, which is what Steve is talking about was like who's our guy, so I think it's actually very important if you're going to take a rookie quarterback that high that it is the guy
2: yeah, I mean that i don't I don't think that's a, a wrong perspective. I think that I think each situation varies. I think there are guys that come in and that they're right ready to play right away, even if it doesn't look like it in the stat sheet or they're still learning um that them being in the game is is better for their long-term, um, you know, development, right? But then I do think there's guys that you can ruin because it is not college football. It is a very hard and complex game. And depending on the offense and the coach and the people that you have in charge of your maturation, uh, I think you can ruin quarterbacks. I think there are quarterbacks that have come in, played too early, and they didn't come anywhere near to what their ceiling would be because they didn't get a chance to kind of sit back and learn. But that that's all – depending on the specific player, right? I mean, you talked about it. My first year in the NFL, we had Andy Dalton. He was a second-rounder. They were coming off Carson Palmer. Nobody expected anything. Andy played really, really well for a rookie that nobody expected anything of, and it's actually followed him throughout his career that because he kind of overachieved, it didn't really matter how good he was doing. People were always looking for their quote-unquote guy. But then I was also in Cleveland when Johnny Manziel came in, and I can promise you, Johnny Manziel was a talented quarterback. He was not ready to play right away. Ryan Hooder should have finished that entire season, hell or high water. Um, and not to say that's all that ruined Johnny Manziel. Obviously, he had a lot of other things going on, you know. But I, I do think that, you know, it all depends on which quarterback you have. And if there's anybody I trust the most to make that determination, it's Kyle Shanahan. He has he was the best coach I've ever been around, um, in my entire professional football experience. Um, because he, he kind of understood those dynamics just better than anybody else. And he's a, he's a guy who can take in, you know, what his players are good at, what they're not good at, and how it fits into his system, um, and build the system around them once he has a really really, really good feel for what, what they're good, good at and what they're comfortable with.
5: We're talking to Andrew Hawkins on the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. You can follow him on social media at Hawk, which is a great handle, by the way, Hawk. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome that you were able to get that. (laughs) Uh, So we watched that Thursday night game to completion, obviously uh, on Prime Video. And uh, I was talking about it earlier, and and you make an interesting point there with Kyle Shanahan because for as great as Kyle Shanahan is, and we all know Kyle Shanahan is a great coach, but you know the the numbers are the numbers, and he is seven and twenty eight without Jimmy G. So as important and vital as it is to have a good coach or a great coach you still have to have that guy. And I think that win for Aaron Rodgers Thursday night did a lot for what he was complaining about in the offseason. Like, look, you guys can you can drop my replacement and not bother to text me, and you can not involve me in all these things, but if I get up out of here, you, you can go to being really irrelevant real quick. And the gap between the have and have-nots between those dudes... And everybody else is getting very wide in the NFL. And you're starting to see it even in the lines. Like, we have three double-digit favorites. We had three last week. Like, you have college lines in the NFL, and you can and, and you have no fear of taking the overwhelming favorites. Like, I think the Bills are going to cover 14 this weekend against the Dolphins, and that's crazy.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's only, like, 13, like, really good quarterbacks on planet Earth at any given time. And as the, the league becomes more and more passing and more and more like we're just relying on what the the natural abilities your quarterback has like it's just starting to become more and more you know glaring i think to everybody watching the game like aaron Rodgers is a dude he's like gonna be a dude for the next four or five years and the guy behind him is the other version of it. he's just the dude. It, like that's just the reality of it. Like if you have a good quarterback, you have a chance. And I don't care how good your team is, how good your roster is, you cannot outplay bad quarterback play, and you cannot outplay bad coaching. Those are two things that will always come and get you sooner than later.
5: Well, Tom Brady talked about this. He talked about it on his podcast and then uh Colin actually talked to him with Jim Gray and a, and a few other people and he asked him what is something that he would change if he could like if he retired now and the league gave him just like one rule change or one thing to change about the league what would he do and he said he like bring the physicality back in the game all of the burden of responsibility is on the defense now all the receivers are protected there's certain throws you would never make as a quarterback 10 years ago which you can make easily now because you know the defense can't can't smack your receiver. Like, there's there's, the, yeah. the, there's a bit of physicality that's been taken out of the game. And, look, I am somebody who likes to evolve. I, I like the old school, but I'm not, like, a knuckle-dragger. Like, hey, we can make things safer and, and evolve, and the game is going to change. Everything changes. But, to your point, you can have a great roster, an amazing defense. You can have all the pieces, but if you don't have that dude, it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, and I, and I agree. I, I agree with Tom. I I, I do – think that they're taking a little bit too much physicality out of the game. And that was like one of the things that I was always looking at as a quarterback, right? Like when the quarterbacks were coming out of college and, you know, everybody, you know, there's a lot of football players in the college level. So they always say it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. If you have the better team, if you have the more five-star recruits, your team is going to be pretty good. You know, your team is probably going to be a lot better than a lot of the teams you play. Um, and sometimes that's hard to evaluate because, you're now so much faster or your arm is uh, so much better than the people around you. But the thing I would look at for quarterbacks, I would look at them throwing like seam balls or like are they throwing their receivers um, into getting blown up and getting big hits? Because that's a decision-making thing. When you're a really good quarterback, quarterbacks, like it's not just about, oh, we got a completion, that's a good play. No, it's about receivers getting his head taken off I'm not making that throw, or I'm making it in a way where I'm I'm protecting them, and that's like a a next-level decision-making for quarterbacks that is not just, you know, hey, can I throw it? Is this the right throw, and can I get it there? It's like a master's level um, of decision-making, and whenever I see quarterbacks like that, that's how you know they're kind of a cut above the rest. The very, very best quarterbacks, you're not seeing their receivers get blown up a lot. That's not by chance. It's because they're operating – um at a different level than, you know, some of the, the quarterbacks that are probably in the in the bottom fifteen, you know, of starting quarterbacks in the NFL.
5: Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's becoming very scary. It's it's uh the richer getting richer and the poor are getting poorer when it comes to the quarterback play in the NFL because of the, the you know bit of the physicality that's been removed. I don't know how they put it back in though. Like what do you do? What adjustment can you possibly make at this point?
2: I don't think you can. I think this is just, you know, some of the laws of football evolution.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to the NBA. Like, they're trying to tweak it now. They just made a rule change that's affecting guys like James Harden and Trey Young. Um, with not bringing the hand check back, but, you know, just n- not giving so much protection to shooters where you know they can get draw these fouls that it just makes it impossible to play defense. So maybe there is something that can be done, but I'm with you, and I definitely... It, that, it's why I thought that win was so important for Aaron Rodgers, because I'm like, look, all, you can talk about all the drama in the offseason you want to. You can talk all about how, you know, the Packers have the right to move on, and, and they certainly do. But play that game if you want to, because if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Steelers next year and you have Jordan Love, you can find out real quick all that Packers <laughs> pride sounds good when you don't have that dude it's not the same thing
2: yeah I agree and the game has changed that way like now it's more it's more player driven than ever even like years ago when uh Peyton Manning left Indianapolis like yeah they were everyone like it's sad about it but the Colts fans like move on it's like oh we get Andrew Luck next and you know this is this is how football always is now you know, people were, it's it really is just about the players. It's starting to morph into what the NBA game is, where it's just, hey, do we have one of the top players or not? Because that dictates what our season or what our organization uh, is going to look like.
5: Well, thanks for joining us today, Hawk. I will see you next Thursday for Prime Video, NFL on Prime. Make sure you check out Hawk on social media and on NFL Network at Hawk. And he has a bunch of other things going on. He's very, very fancy guys, lots of companies <laughs> and productions. And, uh, He's big, bro. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on with us today.
2: Appreciate you having me, Joy.
5: That was fun. He's right. We'll talk more about that quarterback situation after the break. Uh, The Joy Taylor Show brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. More on that quarterback conversation, and we'll check in with Jasmine Watkins, talk a little NBA and that rule change on the other side of the Joy Taylor Show.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
5: Listen to the Joy Taylor show on Fox sports radio brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game match race and competition. It is always on whoever you root for, whatever sport you love to watch. The biggest games are even bigger in Vegas. So make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. Thanks to Hawk for jumping on with us and Tanya Ray Fox earlier. Interesting conversation with Hawk, who was an NFL wide receiver. And we talked about Tom Brady's response to Colin, my co-host on The Herd weekdays on FS1, Noon to 3 and Fox Sports Radio. Tom Brady's response to Colin about what he would change in a league right now if he was leaving and it was to add some physicality to the game. And I don't know. I'm with Hawk. I don't know how you put it back in. I do think that you know, and we'll discuss this with Jasmine Watkins at the bottom of the hour. Leagues are generally smart about adjusting quickly when they start to see things go to certain extremes. But I do think we are at an ex- we're at an extreme right now in the NFL where if you don't have the guy, you just aren't able to compete. And the quarterback quarterback in the NFL has become the most rare position, maybe in all of sports, to find and keep. And it's just it's just so important. And you're looking at what's happening in Miami with Tua, like that's why. Tua's been playing well the last couple of weeks. What a shock. When you give a guy a team and you let him develop, what could happen? Who who's who suggested that was an idea? I don't know. Maybe your name is Joy Taylor and she's talking to you right now. But they don't believe in him. And they don't they think he has a ceiling. And that's that's what matters. And then you're going up against Josh Allen this week. They're not the same, and to Hawk's point, there's really only like thirteen or so good quarterbacks on Earth at any particular moment, and there's even fewer great. And you kind of need the great to do it. I mean, we think Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. Obviously, Miami didn't, but they're winning games. They're they're they are a Super Bowl contender. Now a lot of that obviously you're gonna give credit to Derrick Henry, but look, they you gotta give you gotta give the Titans credit. They have some nice wins. And, you know, again, Ryan Tannehill is is good. Is he great? If you're if you're lining up across from Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl, who are you gonna go with? You're gonna go with that guy. They beat the Chiefs convincingly and the and the Bills. Got to win over the Colts, Seahawks, like they they have good wins. They are a serious team. And not to like pick on Ryan Tannehill, but I'm just saying as an example, like he he's he's a good quarterback. Is he great? We don't know. And are you able to win a Super Bowl right now if you have good not great at that position? It's starting to feel like no. And that becomes a problem in anything when you have to have one great in order to be able to win. Like, you want to be able to have a, di- a level of diversity and uh, creativity. You got to be able to reward different things in sports. Like, you want to see a team like the Pistons, who had great players, but they weren't, you know, Lakers superstars. able to win a championship now maybe they can't build dynasties that way but you should be able to win championships that way and that is what is kind of scary about what's look I'm not trying to be like hyperbolic here but you know it's a concerning trend that you have to have someone who is so rare and then you don't want to even want to put in the time to develop him like talking about Kyle Shannon and Jimmy Garoppolo Trey Lance is there because Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy what does all that mean for the future of the league and, and, and that position? It's a lot to think about, and the GOAT certainly was concerned about it, and uh, he's been around for a while, so I'm going to take his word for it that it's a concerning trend, and that's Tom Brady, in case you weren't paying attention. Tom Brady said that. Not me. Although, no, I'm not the goat at anything. <laughs> Maybe at Halloween costumes, I might give myself that mantle. I
2: have no knowledge of anything. Of
5: course, uh, you're listening to the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to Jasmine Watkins on the other side, but first, let's check in with David Gascon and see what's trending.
8: Uh, Joy, uh, I know you didn't ask what I was dressed up today as, so what, I will what let are you,
5: you. What are you dressed up as? I dressed
8: up as a Hawkeye, so I did absolutely nothing. Today.
5: Oh, I'm sorry.
8: <laughs> you notice? I'm I, sorry,
5: I, Sam. Oh, that was kind of funny. I
8: dressed up as a Hawkeye, so that's why I'm not sitting today. I have no spine.
5: Oh, um, all no. right. We took a two far. Just
8: though. do your job, Dave. Sorry, that's exactly what I'm doing so, today. So turn teams. off that microphone. I was Sam. It's oh, trending right yours. now. Okay. So, <laughs> anyways, um, Joy, did you put any little little cheddar on this Michigan Michigan State game?
5: No, I was looking at the lines last night. I didn't have enough guts. I didn't have enough guts to wear to 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 run with it. I, and I should have gone with Miami, which is what I was really <laughs> leaning towards. But I just can't trust that team. Although it looks like they're going to get the win here.
8: Yeah, we'll see. Time winding down. Uh, That Michigan-Michigan State game is on Fox right now, and the Spartans are down by three. 33-30 is the score. Michigan State was down by 16 this game, and then Kenneth Walker the third went off. He's got 19 carries for 165 yards and four touchdowns and counting. Number two, Cincinnati beat Tulane by 19 points. Wisconsin hammered Iowa 27-7, and Baylor holds on to beat Baylor to Texas. Excuse me, 31-24. Baylor beats Texas. Baylor 7-1 this season. In Miami, as you just mentioned, Joy, upsets number 17, Pitt. 38-34 is the final. Kenny Pickett, 519 yards and three touchdowns. a loss, Miami now 4-4 the season. West Virginia 17-14 over Iowa State. Six and a half minutes to go between Michigan and Michigan State. It's not bad. 14-0, the two teams with a combined record. So, someone will lose, someone will win. Joy, back to you.
5: Thank you to David Gascon for that update. You're listening to The Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio with 14 championship races worth $31 million in purses and awards. The Breeders' Cup is two days of horse racing, too big to miss. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2021 or bet now at tvg.com. We go out now to Jasmine Watkins, a Twitter legend. Jasmine Watkins. <coughs> Uh, So this is a very big deal for us. If you don't follow Jasmine on social media, uh, if you're trying to follow the quintessential NBA follows on social media to get, uh, you know, an entry into NBA Twitter, which is a very exclusive club, you gotta, you gotta follow Jasmine. So Jasmine L Watkins, uh, also the host of the you late pod on buzzer Jasmine. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me, and that was
9: the best intro I could have ever gotten. So I appreciate that.
5: It's all facts. It's all we do on the <laughs> show is facts, uh, no nonsense. Um, so let's talk a little, a little NBA. We are now uh, we're we're in the NBA season, which kind of snuck up on us. Uh, with you know, there's always like only like Ben Simmons and Kyrie drama kind of leading into this season, um, which I guess is good because you know we can. Kind of remove at least the Kyrie conversation, uh, which we'll get to in a second because he's not going yeah. to doesn't look like he's going to be out there. But, you know, the big teams are a big point of conversation. And the Lakers obviously didn't win any preseason games, which I don't think matters at all. Um, and now Westbrook, as he often is, is being talked about. And they got a win last night over the Cavs, uh, 113-101. So they are now 3-3. Three and three. But are you concerned about how Westbrook is going to fit with this Lakers team?
9: Uh, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I wasn't at first. Um, but now it's, it's hard to see how he's going to fit in. I think also give it time because the rotation is going to be there. Like there's no THT right now. There's no Kendrick Nunn right now. So he, he just got to find his rhythm, but maybe we shouldn't put him out there with Rondo too much. And I was very team pro Rondo and Westbrook at the same time, but it's just, it's not working.
5: Well, I think you're 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 right. I do think it, the time and the the rotation is important. And of course, you know, when we're talking hyperbolically, uh, nobody's really paying attention to the details of that. But I think Westbrook was brought in for a specific purpose, and obviously this is the oldest team in the NBA. So, he brings a certain energy and fire and like you need that, which is what you would want from a young player. The shooting is obviously an issue and that's kind of what the conversation is. Like, is Westbrook going to be able to adjust his game to benefits what is going to help the Lakers win, uh, while being able to bring that, you know, one hundred and ten percent, uh whatever you want to call it, uh, style of play that he has?
9: I think so. I think we saw a lot of flashes of it in that San Antonio game. That was like old school Thunder Brody. So if he can like get that going and keep it consistent, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this Lakers squad. Probably, probably like mid season.
5: Yeah. It's going to take some time to get it going. We're talking to Jasmine Watkins, host of the you late podcast. Uh, follow her on Twitter at Jasmine L Watkins. So let's talk about the Ben Simmons situation. It's kind of gotten a little quiet over the, over the last week or so, because it's now moved into, he's not mentally ready to play and he's dealing with a back injury. Joel Embiid is playing through injury because he wants to show that he's like you know he's capable of carrying the team without Ben Simmons. It's kind of a mess with the Sixers and overall I felt like this whole situation could have been avoided. We've been talking about if the two of them fit together for years and it just felt like the Sixers just dug their heels and like we're smarter than everybody and now it reaching the point that it's reached I am I'm not surprised. I don't have a lot of sympathy for the front office there. Uh, not that I'm generally sympathetic to the front office, but, you know, what those decisions are affects fans. And, like, uh, like they, this could have been avoided, in my opinion. Agree. 100%. Although
9: I do want to point out, like, because Ben is out for his, like, mental health, Philly is a tough city to play in. So if you're not mentally all there, they the, the fans are going to, like, chew you up. So I, I completely get that. I don't think this experiment works anymore. For a minute I was like, ooh, you know, this Sixers team is something legit. But now i'm i'm
5: off on them yeah and i i i think that the sixers fans deserve better um not just like not from ben simmons i'm saying like in general they're a good fan base overall that's a great sports city it is a tough city but mm-hmm. you know that's that's how it goes like if you're going to play in certain cities like that they're going to bring a certain type of energy and expectation and that's, again, why I think they, they, sh- they could have made this adjustment before it reached the point that it's reached. So let's talk about the other uh, off-season conversation. Uh, Kyrie, um, he's not he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's a pro supporter of the voiceless, um, which I could do a three-hour conversation about, but I'm not going to bore everyone with that. Um, he's not playing, and uh, they... They want him out there, obviously. I think the owner talked about it yesterday that, you know, he hopes that he gets vaccinated so he can play. Um, and, they're, and they're making it work without him, Mish. But do you think we're going to see him this year?
9: I would be shocked if we saw Kyrie this year. Um, he's very set in his ways. I don't see it happening. And I do agree. This, this Nets team is obviously is missing something, and the something is Kyrie. But it, it's not happening for them.
5: Yeah, they're 3 and 3 and uh you know the same record as the Lakers. They obviously were not. Well, that was that was my opinion about it from the beginning. Like it, they are a better team with a healthy Kyrie out there. And obviously Kyrie is not not there because he's not healthy. He is choosing not to be there. But right. it is also kind of added a layer of conversation that you have to have about the Nets all season long because he's not there because you know, people don't understand, and I always have to explain this when we talk about the vaccinations thing. I like to speak very slowly so people can can follow. He's not there because of a New York City mandate. You can play in the NBA if you're not vaccinated. I have to speak very slowly and seriously when I say that, because for some reason, people seem to be confused about it. But right. <laughs> But can they adjust without him? Like, do you think that they are a championship contender without Kyrie there?
9: No, I think they'll make the playoffs, obviously, but... There, There's some legit teams in the East now, so I don't see them making it maybe past the second round. I'd be shocked. Like, KD has to go to another level. I'm just – as of right now, it, it's super early. I would have to see some kind of extra, you know, I don't know, jizz from them. Like, I'm not seeing it in KD or Harden. It's just they're kind of just there.
5: So, speaking of Harden – there's been a rule change in the NBA. And we were talking about this earlier in the show with the NFL. Like they've taken a lot of the physicality out of the NFL, and it is very much geared towards the offense and quarterbacks now, which is making quarterbacks great quarterbacks at an absolute premium more than they've ever been before. And the NBA made a bit of a rule tweak, and you uh, can be you you can't like draw unnatural calls anymore, which really affects guys like Trey Young, who talked about it and complained about it and James Harden, uh, what do you think about the rule change in general and uh, and and is it the right decision uh, because it does affect players who are electric like James Harden and Trey Young?
9: Yeah, um, I'm twofold on this. Like, I don't like to call too many fouls. It slows down the game. But I'm also like, I've seen a few fouls where I'm like, that was an obvious one that they missed. Now I'm kind of thinking that James Harden is a little bit, I wouldn't say powerless, but he's definitely not the same player as before. Part of it is probably because he wasn't playing a pickup in the off season. He was just like rehabbing. Yeah. But I, I think I've joked a couple of times where I've called him like Rick, Rick Ross with a jumper. And it's just, he's, he's missing like the explosive and kind of the falling into guys plan that he always has. So without that, I I don't know what James Harden is kind of there
5: for. Well, he's it's it's definitely marginalized Trey Young and James Harden's game in in some way for sure because they are able to get to the line so much with their style of play. I'm with you on on Harden. He talked about it. He said like he's he's not 100% in shape because he was rehabbing in the off season. So, like he's we've seen James get in shape quickly in the past. Like we all yeah. know that notorious picture of him coming into camp and then all of a sudden he's in shape. Um, but it makes sense. Like he couldn't, he couldn't play pickup. He couldn't get that cardio level when you're rehabbing, which is the worst. So we're talking to Jasmine Watkins, uh, host of the Ulate podcast on Buzzer, uh, NBA Twitter legend Jasmine L. Watkins. So go give her a follow. Uh, you will not regret it. So uh, you don't, I don't, you don't know this about me, but I was extremely early on Lamelo Ball. Extremely Ooh. early. I I saw him play in the JBA. Uh, Uncle Levar. Had the JBA, everyone laughed. Everyone thought it was a joke. Um, everyone uh, doubted it. And I saw it almost immediately LaMelo is going to be the star. And Alonso was playing, has been playing well too, actually. But yeah. I was very, very right and very early on LaMelo. Everyone was like, nope, he's, he's, too, he's just too into social media. He's not really a baller. Like, forget it. Super wrong. And listen, Jasmine, when I'm right about something, I will never let it go. When I'm wrong, I mention it quickly and move on. But. <laughs> I was really right about Lamelo, and he is—he is, he is like—is is he the top level? Because like the swag level and like style level and all of that in the NBA is always kind of a flex. Uh, it's always a—it's always a moving enigma. But Lamelo's up there right now, right? Oh, for sure. Once, once I saw the lime green outfit and the car, like
9: I'm—I'm I'm done. He and that's the he, Lambo. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's next
5: level. Nobody's touching that right now. <laughs> so good i love it and he's great too which is my favorite part of it like if he was just doing all that and he's just average it's it's like no one cares but i I love it so much well thank you so much for joining us jasmine uh again make sure you go follow her jasmine l watkins and check out her podcast and subscribe the you late podcast on buzzer it's on her bio on twitter Uh, one of my top follows on twitter uh whenever there's some nba news i gotta check her out because i know she's on it uh, thank you for joining us, Jasmine. Have an amazing Halloween weekend. Oh, I forgot to mention—you don't like Halloween? No. What you are you talking about? Wow. I hate you, Halloween. What do you mean you hate Halloween, Jasmine? This is my favorite holiday. I know, and I, I thought we weren't going to be friends, but if we overlook this, we'll, we'll be besties. Like, I really get Halloween. <laughs> I am dressed right now as I'm talking to you. I'm dressed as Ted Lasso. Oh my god! I saw the um, like you
9: were like a lady of the sea. I'm like, oh, that's cute. I'm just not in the
5: Halloween. That's fair. That's fair. I have issues. Like I'm, I go, I go to the other <laughs> side of it. But I'll, 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 I'll tag you in the picture of my Ted Lasso outfit. Uh, I, I went all out today. I'm talking to you with a mustache on. It's very, it's very like it's itchy. I can't um, wait. I can't wait to get it off. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Jasmine. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, Joy. That was Jasmine Watkins. Follow her on social media at Jasmine L. Watkins on Twitter. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined us today. Thank you for hanging out with us, as always, on the Joy Taylor Show on Fox Sports Radio. I will review again my favorite five and two dimes and get some more thoughts on uh, on the quarterback situation and uh, what we were talking about with Hawk earlier and Aaron Rodgers to get you ready for the NFL Week 8 lineup on the other side. Fox Sports Radio. Ooh.
6: do you know what this is from joy
5: uh should i we actually we didn't we we didn't play any thriller today
6: you know i played it on uh up on game
5: oh okay okay yeah, yeah. fair enough
6: this is uh jack nicholson his stanley kubrick thriller
5: oh uh the shining yes
6: this great is movie great movie
5: I'm not a big scary movie person. You listen to the Joy Taylor show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not a big scary movie person, for, which is weird, right? Because I'm super into Halloween, but I don't enjoy being scared. Um, you I like the like, dress up part. Yeah, I like the yeah. fun parts. I like uh, I like thrillers. I like movies like uh, Saw, oh, Silence of the oh, Lambs, yeah. Saw. Uh, too much, too not much. not like Saw Seven, but like the original Saw movies that make you kind of think. There's a little bit of uh, anxiety, but in the end, there's some sort of message. I'm not into like the supernatural or the you know like demon exorcist movies. Like I'm good. I don't I don't need that kind of energy in my life. Um, but I I enjoy a, a good thinking movie. You know I can get into that. A uh, true detective. You know that's like scary, but not like. And then I actually enjoy watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre because, I mean, it has so many bad decisions. There are so many choices you could have made that could have avoided you being in this house in the middle of the... No- how did you get there?
6: There's even a commercial, like a, a auto insurance commercial where they're yeah. talking about... It's
5: know, like, get in the... It's, Let's go it's, hide it's, behind the machine. There's so the many... Chainsaws. Yeah, there's so there's such a stream of bad choices that have led you to being in this house. I, like, I'm a weirdo. Like, I'm almost rooting for the villain at this point. Like, how did you get here? You, you, these were bad choices, um, so I can enjoy movies like that. But uh, like, I'm not watching Candyman as much as I want to. Like, I can't, I can't deal with that. Actually, quick true story: I w- graduated from Barry University, which is a Catholic university, so you have to take extra philosophy courses. And I had to take a Catholic exploration and film course. And as an assignment, you have to watch The Exorcist, which I had avoided watching my entire oh, life. It's a classic. I, I never watched it. I didn't want to watch it. It was a purposeful choice in my life. And I almost dropped the class because I had to watch it. And uh, I did not drop the class. So I was like, I'm going to watch it one time. I'm going to write this stupid paper and I'm going to pretend I never saw this movie. Um, But yeah, it was horrifying. It is the scariest movie of all time. I don't. uh, It's pretty good. It's. It does a job. It's horrifying. A horrifying movie. But I I, I don't mess with those. Uh, Thank you to everyone who hung out with us today. Thank you to Iowa Sam and Ryan. And thank you guys for participating in Halloween with me. I really appreciate that. Uh, and make me feel like less of a weirdo. Tanya Ray Fox and Hawk, Andrew Hawkins and Jasmine Watkins, all were great today. Make sure you go and follow them. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz are coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. It was a great college college football Saturday so far. Texas, Texas Tech and Oklahoma started, Nebraska-Purdue. Uh, Michigan State is up 37 with a minute left over Michigan. Um, so really quickly we can go through my favorite five before we get out of here Um, Titans at Colts Steelers at Browns Niners at Bears Cowboys at Vikings and Giants at Chiefs on Monday night and my two dimes taking Bengals minus 11 and the Bucks minus four and a half I'll wait and see if the uh, Cowboys are going to have Dak Prescott out there before I mess with that thank you to David Gascon for keeping us updated Uh, and to everyone who hung out with us today hope you have a fun Halloween weekend uh, if you missed any of the show, I will post the podcast at Joy Taylor Talks. Um, and you can check that out and uh, check out anything that you missed. Enjoy the weekend. Have fun with the kids. If you're trick or treating, be safe if you're going out. And uh, I will be headed out tonight. I'm not going to reveal my final going out costume. And then I'm going to spend the day tomorrow watching all these great games um, in a onesie, which is also a costume because I've had six this weekend because I am a maniac. Thank you for joining us. Stick around on Fox Sports Radio. Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz next.
7: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Twenty-one plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler.
3: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.